Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone's having a fantastic day today. And as always, if you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. The product of the week, you voted it won the vitamin C formula on sale right now. That'll be going up on the website here in the next couple hours to replace the magnesium brain food sale. So be sure to check that out at healthmasters.com and let us know if you have any questions or any needs whatsoever. And we're here to help you out the best we possibly can. One thing that I saw today, and I wanted to skip this out there, and I'm going to post a link to the website. Um, there's multiple articles. This popped up on Reddit now, multiple car forums. And essentially, what I warned about and what everybody's kind of been, you know, ominously talking about for the last couple of years with EVs coming in and being able to monitor, control, and essentially restrict what you can and can't do. There's been video and footage now of essentially a F-150 EV Lightning that it says on the dash, update not successful. Unfortunately, a recent software update was not successful. The vehicle cannot be driven. Please contact customer support, Ford Customer Relationship Center, to discuss towing options. And this has now been verified that essentially this F-150 Lightning could not get an update properly, and the vehicle went into full limp mode because it simply couldn't get a digital update or an internet connection properly to update the software on this electric vehicle. Uh, this is something that obviously is going to start happening more often. And essentially this is all they have to do if they want to simply prevent you from driving and not blame it on, you know, Oh, your social credit score or your Facebook posts or something like that. All they have to do is simply put something on the dash that says, uh, update, not successful. Sorry, cars broke, tow it in, not our problem now. And this is something that I think a lot of people really have to start addressing with these newer vehicles and what really kind of is kind of a telling sign of what I think is going to be happening later on in the future, why it's so important to be able to have the ability to travel freely. Uh, the other night I watched the, um, that film. I didn't really recommend it. A lot of people told me about it. I finally decided I was going to watch. I actually fast forward a couple parts because I really didn't care for some of the scenes in the film. It was the uh, Leave the World Behind film that everybody's been talking about. Uh, very ominous film. They're pretty much telling you in that movie in a synopsis. If you don't want to watch it, which I guess I can't really recommend the film. Uh, there's a lot of weird stuff in it. However, it's pretty much Barack Obama's production companies want to put it together. And they blatantly tell you what they're going to do in the film and pretty much how they're going to set something up with a false flag and uh, shut everything down. And essentially, once the internet and once the phones go down, you pretty much realize that everything's going haywire. And what's interesting in the film, there's one scene in the film, um, you guys can watch it or not, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I'm just telling you what happened, is essentially hackers got a hold of the Teslas right off the dealership lot, or right off the lot, and they, I mean, they had the window stickers on the windows, and took them over as far as with their autonomous driving software, and were running them into all the off-ramps. I told you guys about this the other day. It's very creepy on the film and essentially jamming up all the interstate traffic so nobody can get out anywhere. And they're all brand new vehicles. They Nobody had driven them. They're right off the lot. Uh, this whole thing that they're building now, the EV vehicles, is designed to do exactly that, to be able to control and monitor everything. And that film, like I said, there's a lot of weird stuff in it that I didn't care for. But again, it really – it did show you kind of the aspect as well on how addicted everybody is to their phones and how addicted everybody is to being constantly entertained. And essentially, if the phones go out, nobody knows how to function anymore. 
literally nobody else had a function. There's one scene where the guy goes to try to find help on this back road and his phone's out. Obviously GPS is out and he just gets lost trying to go down the road. He's trying to figure out where to go and follow some old street signs and can't figure out where he's going because he has no GPS. Can't figure out where, literally can't figure out how to drive anywhere. This is a serious issue that I've told people before why I've always said in my gear bags, I always throw multiple sets of different types of maps, basically, you know, mid-Florida-wise, mid, mid Florida-wise, Southeast United States-wise, with all kinds of different maps. You can also have topo maps as, as well, and I keep a lot of these. You can go to AAA, a lot of times get them for free, and I've said this before because I grew up on maps. And my dad used to teach me how to use them all the time when we'd go on road trips because there was no GPS back then, and we'd highlight the routes that we were going to take and drive all over the country. And I always thought it was interesting. I always remember every time we, before we go on a road trip anywhere, it always has a big old map on the counter in the kitchen. And I'd be in there all excited up on the counter looking at it, and they're highlighting all the roads that they're going to do. And the problem with it is now – I would say probably 85 to 90% of the younger generation has no idea how to read a map whatsoever. They have no idea how to use one, period. If phones go out and GPS goes out, they have no idea how to travel anywhere that they haven't been before. And that's a serious issue, and that's what it kind of addresses in this film. And again, like I said, I'm not recommending it, but it definitely kind of put things in perspective on how quickly things change when simply the internet and phones go out and there's no doubt about it this is something that i think is like i said not like i'm saying it's going to happen in the movie but there's a lot of weird stuff that's occurring right now with what's going on with the red sea over there what's going on with that conflict and the amount of infrastructure load we have right now with the electric grid and adding more and more and more and more electric vehicles to it i was talking to a buddy of mine the other day they work for Duke and uh, with electric company. And I was asking him, I said, how sustainable is this going to be? And he goes, there is no sustainability with this, Austin. He goes, it's not possible. He goes, you can't start adding in all this infrastructure and all these loads with vehicles that they're saying they want to have, you know, 70% of the vehicles sold by 2030 fully electric. He goes, you can put in these substations, you can put in all these electric charging stations. He said, but at the end of the day, he goes, the infrastructure has not been scaled properly to be able to handle this. And I said, so what do you, where do you think this is going to go? He said, I think you're going to have a massive decrease and vehicles that are even going to be able to be on the road. He says that's the only outcome on this. He said there's no way to scale vehicles to this extent and have them out there as many as vehicles there are right now and have them electric. He goes, you're going to have to massively reduce the amount of vehicles on the road everywhere. And he goes, we haven't seen any type of infrastructure build up to handle the amount of vehicles that they allegedly say are going to be going out there. So he goes, to me, the only thing that tells me is that they're not planning on having all these vehicles out there, whether it be – an event, whether it be population control, whatever it may be, they're not planning on having this many vehicles out there. So again, something to just kind of think about and look at, but also too, to be prepared. I told you guys before, it's no reason to live in a state of fear. God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but he also expects us to be well aware of things and prepared for things. If you know something's going to happen, that's why it's always really important, in my opinion, to have backup water and food supply. Just the event, there's just emergency. I mean, down here in Florida, we have hurricanes all the time, usually. I mean, every couple of years, we get some big ones come in that wipe out huge swaths of Florida. I mean, Fort Myers was the last big one that got nailed, and that was catastrophic down there. And so, again, having just that supply where it's like, hey, you got to jump in the truck and ride out, you actually have something to eat and drink with your children and keep them safe and healthy and full and not be that guy at Walmart fighting with everybody over, you know, a 
bag of rice or a can of green beans, not a position that you want to be in whatsoever. So again, that's why I always encourage people to have backup supplies for anything that they may need, because there's definitely some strange things happening and always have, you know, some backup security, whether it be firearm training or whatever weapon platform that you prefer, whether it be hand-to-hand combat training, any of that, I always recommend it. It was interesting. I watched a video that popped up earlier from Washington State, and a guy off I-5 was essentially stopping at a, uh, a rest area, and these two guys tried to carjack him in the rest area, and he had bear mace in there. And they tried to get car and he straight sprayed him in the face with bear mace and of course they stopped what they were doing and ended up getting arrested and i thought that was funny because i was like golly these guys thought they were going to hit a lick and got straight bear mace i mean right in the face and so again just something of that support aspect of making sure you have some backup security at all times especially if you're traveling and you want to go across country or anywhere you may go always have situational awareness that's my two cents for this morning a lot of stuff that i've watched and read oh over the last night and today. So again, I encourage you, make sure you think ahead and make appropriate decisions and appropriate plans for whatever may occur. So what do you think, Dad? How are you doing this morning? Oh, doing great, Austin. Your microphone's going in and out. Now, it could just be my internet connection, but you might want to check your connection real quick. Got it. Um, you know, you know, Austin's right. This crazy movie that Barack Obama put out there, you, you know, the, the thing is called lesser or white magic. That's what it's called. When they have to tell you what they're going to do, it's the vampire coming to your front door and basically saying to you, I want to come in your house so I can do whatever I want to do to you. And you have to give them permission to do it. And so we have to, as Christians, stand against this stuff and not receive it and not say it's going to be OK. That's that's the key here. You know, when somebody brings you a basket full of snakes to your front door, and I've used the metaphor before, and, you know, you got this, this teeming, seething group of snakes that are all pit vipers in this box, and you just got a glass lid on it, and they say, here, you need to sign for this. Uh, the answer would be a really hard pass for me on that. I'm not, I, I absolutely loathe venomous pit vipers, and I kill them at will whenever I see them. And if that bothers you, if you're an activist, uh, you need to get a life. I just thought I'd mention that to you because, quite frankly – a venomous pit viper around children and around other kids is unbelievably dangerous. They can be dead within minutes. And so uh, if you don't want to kill a venomous pit viper, I suggest you do not move to Florida because we have the copperheads, we have the rattlesnakes, we have the water moccasins, we have the coral snakes. Uh, we pretty much have everything, including pythons and you know everything else in the Everglades now. So it's one of those places that's wild, wild west down here in some of these areas. And I have literally killed hundreds of pit vipers in my life. I remember one time I'll tell you the story again. It's a funny one. Uh, we had moved down here years ago. My wife and I, Sharon, before she you know, passed away, we just gotten married. And she was walking out of the lakefront at my mom's house. And there was all these trees that had basically had roots exposed because, you know, the water over the years had eroded. And I told her, I said, be very, very, very careful that you don't step on a water moccasin here thinking it's a root. And she, she laughed at me. She thought I was joking. And I said, I'm not joking. There was a drainage canal. From Lake Mariana to Lake Jesse, gosh, it must have been you know a mile and a half long. And what happened is it would it would, it would get full of water, then it would be dry, and then it'd be like a swamp, and it'd be like a pit. And this thing was filled with water moccasins. I mean, filled. I remember they used to bring the county workers out there, and they'd come in there with sling blades, and they cleaned the thing out so it would drain properly. And every once in a while, you'd hear one of them start screaming and yelling, and then all of a sudden you see some big carcass of a water moccasin gets flung up with his head gone because they had killed it out there with a sling blade. Yeah, that was my life. That was my childhood. <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that to you. And uh, so I have this this unbelievably negative association with pit vipers. And uh, I, I remember uh, I remember one time, so Sharon's out there walking, and she steps out on top of a water box. And 
I told you a story a few weeks ago. And she did a she straight did a Fred Flintstone up in the air, starts treading there. I never thought I could do that. I didn't think it was physically possible to do it. But she did. It, I saw her do it. And then I, I ended up shooting it with a, a 45 AMT stainless steel hardballer, killed it. But the reality was, I remember a few years later, actually years, a few years before that, I was either cleaning the, the canal with a shovel, trying to just make it, trying to clean up the mess that was down there. And I saw a big water moxie about four feet, five feet long, swimming on top of the white sand in the middle of the canal. And I hit him with a shovel, but I couldn't cut him in half. He was too, uh, he was too thick. And uh, he came after me, actually struck me and tried to come out. He landed right where I was standing. So don't tell me the pit vipers are nice. It's just, they're not nice. So if you're going to move to Florida, you know, bring a sling blade <laughs> or a 12 gauge because you're going to need it if you live near the water. Now I can tell you more and more and more steak stories, but I'm not going to do it. The problem is, is that you know we have all of this stuff that we have now that is being delivered to our front door like this movie. And are you going to accept it or are you going to say, no, I'm not going to do it? Are you going to stand with the most high God and say, no, I'm not going to do that? I don't receive any of that stuff. And you say, well, sometimes it happens regardless. That's the truth. So sometimes enough other people around you are going to receive it. They're going to dump it on everybody like 5G. We're all stuck with that mess now. And in, in the movie, I haven't seen the movie yet. But honestly, quite frankly, the reality is that, you know, the Internet would go out. These cell phones would go out. That doesn't mean there'd be an infrastructure damage. It could be a software problem, exactly what we've seen with these Teslas. Some of the uh, man cow facts sent me an interesting meme yesterday. I sent it to a few of you. And uh, it was a little, little boy about four or five years old opening up a brand-new Tesla for Christmas, a little, little Tesla car. So he opens up the package, and the thing catches on fire. <laughs> and I saw it. I started laughing. I said, what a nightmare that we have. And Elon Musk is a Rothschild-made billionaire through government subsidies just thought i'd mention all of that i mean we got a huge you know tesla track you know within a couple miles of my house now and you know who's paying for all this stuff well that'd be you and me and the taxpayers and well not really because they're just borrowing the money and printing it and spending it and trying to maintain the reserve currency status so they can keep spending more and more money and money that doesn't work and now we're still all suffering and dealing with this ridiculously high expensive food prices that we've had since covid and the seven trillion dollars they dumped into the economy i mean this is just uh, we got a bunch of clowns running the clown show now you know what they're doing is we're watching the final extraction of wealth from the united states that's what this is the final extraction of a bankrupt government, the final extraction of a Rothschild banking cartel that only comes to rob, kill, steal, and destroy just like their father, Lucifer. That's what we have going on right now. There's an interesting article that says, who is the deep state, the cabal, the Illuminati, the dark ones, the brotherhood of the snake, global intel hub. Then he goes, I'm going to read you part of this. He goes, I posted it. The deep state is perhaps not the best term or perhaps is a multidimensional language. On the surface of deep stake are unelected government officials who wield huge powers, also known as the administrative state. A deeper look into the term may mean the state of government or that operates our planet from deep underground. Now we're getting real. Could that be true or is it just all fantasy? Where does the term implying a multi-layered compartmentalized government, i.e. the shadow government or the state within the state? That could also be the banks, here we go, who own the government, the Fed, and the owners of the Fed. Now we're doing Rothschilds. And the bloodline families, regardless of which level we're referring to, there's clearly a hidden hand that is crawling both political parties, both sides of the war conflict and manipulates markets. It's easy to make money when you are the one making the market move. Example, 9-11 put options days before the event by who? Oh, that's right. The records were burned in the fire. Do you really believe that we are the only intelligent life in the universe? No, it's not true. We know that God's made many, many other things. If so, then you must believe in the creation myth of the primordial soup. That humans evolved randomly when lightning struck an ancient mudbed 
the ancient rock, creating small organisms which evolved into man over millions of years. Friends were being lied to. And it's the central banking system that keeps us operating as happy slaves, rats, rats on a treadmill, waiting for your next pellet. When you dig back in history to who started the central banking system, then you look at the Bank of Amsterdam, the Rothschilds, the other banking houses of Europe at the time. You have to all wonder if it started there, or was it something behind the Rothschilds' rise to power as well? First explored in 1993 by author William Brantley, connects the dots between JFK and the secret societies of ancient Egypt. This is back to the ancient Canaanite religions again that I've talked about so many times. The Brotherhood of the Snake. This is with Einstein and all the stuff they do with the Zohar. He shows circumstantial evidence pointing to forces beyond human control, which control Earth society of the world through secret societies and now are through the central banking. Let's face it. We live in a system where people with money are rewarded, not on the meritocracy, we are told. The problem is that such people or who created the central bank have an unfair advantage, and they create as much money as they want. They build as many Tesla racetracks as they want. They buy as many companies through BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard as they want. Because the bigger banks control the little banks. Wow. Anyhow, I'm not going to read the rest of this stuff. You can read it yourself. It's just something interesting that you need to look through like that. And this thing goes right back to the you know the show Angel Wars that we did, in which we talked about that in depth, in serious, serious, serious depth. By the way, we've got to ask ourselves a question. This is out of Charisma News. I don't usually promote Charisma Magazine for various personal reasons, but I'm going to go ahead and read you part of this out of Charisma News this week. They were the publisher of several of my books. And uh, it did not end well, but I'm not going to make an issue out of that right now. I'm just going to let that go. Here's why Jesus is the biggest story for everybody's story right now. Here we go. Ready? Let's see here. Now my computer is doing weird things, so I'm going to have to deal with that in a second, in a second here. So let me go back to that. This is perfect. I love it when this happens on live radio. The beginning of all things point to Jesus. The Genesis creation story correlates with Jesus and the word, uh, logos of God, who created all things. Genesis 1-1, John 1-1-3. I spoke about that in depth in Angel Wars, that Jesus created all things. All truth emanates from Jesus. John 14-6 refers to Jesus as the truth. It's not just referring to scripture, but all truth, including the understanding of laws of physics, as we've talked about so many times, grammar, Categories, mathematics, natural laws, music, economics, and much more. Hence, everything, all the creation ultimately points to Jesus. And this is why I talked to you guys about what Sir Isaac Newton did with what he did with the, with the heliocentric version of the earth and all the rest of it that were supposed to be spinning at a thousand miles an hour, being dragged through the universe at a thousand, you know, at a million miles an hour and all that nonsense. And we need to realize that, you know, this is something that we were, he said he learned from the Zohar, which is the work of Satan. So then you have to ask yourself a question. If Satan is the one in charge of all this stuff, how in the world do we think that any of what Isaac Newton says is true or the parts of it were true? See, this thing that we have happening to us right now, this this whole mess that we have going on to us right now, really, really is brought to us by the Luciferian cartels that we just mentioned for a second. And if we understand that, we start to understand who these people are and what they are and what they do and how they act on a regular basis. And if we understand all of that, then we can start seeing the machinations behind the scene of who they are. And I, and I find all that stuff extremely fascinating when you stop and you look at it because, quite frankly, if you understand the machinations behind the scene, you start to understand that these guys have been in control and doing this stuff for a very, very, very long time. And that's what we need to always remember is part of what we have going on right now in the world. By the, by the way, this is good news from NPR. 
which is an unbelievably um, liberal communist organization, the world swimming body has now effectively banned transgender women from women's events. What? What? Yeah, Fina. The world governing body for swimming has voted to effectively ban transgender women from participating in women's. Okay, let me let me rephrase this since the NPR can't get it right. The world governing body for swimming has effectively decided not to let men who want to pretend to be women, who have penises and testicles, who have huge high levels of testosterone, who are six feet five inches tall, who work out with the weights all the time. They like to pretend like there are women with women hair and women swimsuits. They've said they can't compete as women anymore because they're not women; they're men. That's the right way to say it, isn't it? I thought I'd mention that. But we'll go back to what they said. The world governing body for swimming has voted to effectively ban transgender women from participating in women's swimming competitions. The vote with a 71.5% approval at the FINA FINA Extra, Extraordinary General Congress 2022 in Budapest was the latest salvo in an ongoing fight over whether trans athletes should compete according to their gender identity or their sex assigned at birth. Now, this is interesting. This is in 2022, but they're still doing that here in the United States. So I guess the United States decided they're not going to pay attention to this. We have to protect the rights of our athletes to compete, but we also have to protect competitive fairness at our events, especially the women's category in the FINA competitions. Under the policy, transgender women must show that they have not experienced any part of male puberty beyond ten- – oh, gosh, I'm not going to read this to you. Yeah, the thing about it is, is this. Here's the deal. I remember we were in college, and they used to always say, how can you tell if it's a Y chromosome or an X chromosome? And the, the joke was, you pull the pants down. Yeah, that's exactly right. You pull the pants down. If it has male body parts, it's going to be a Y chromosome. If it has female body parts, it's going to be an X chromosome. So let's just look at it that way. So why don't we take the swimmer back into the back room and say to them, oh, by the way, why don't you pull your drawers down? Because we're going to give you a medical exam real quick to find out if you're an X or Y chromosome. And then we'll make a decision on whether you can compete or not. Isn't that the question we have to ask? Are they going to really allow that to happen? Oh, you can't do that. That's offensive. You can't give somebody a physical examination to see if they're a man or woman. Well, then let's do it this way. Let's do a physical examination to make sure you haven't herniated yourself, to make sure that you're going to be physically fit enough in order to compete in swimming. Let's give you an examination to prove to everybody that you can handle handle it from a cardiovascular load. Why don't we do it that way? Boxers have to do that. Boxers have to be tested if they get so over a certain age to make sure they can still compete. They've got to be tested by their doctors. Well, why don't we just test that? And while we're here doing all that, why don't the doctors take a peek <laughs> and see if there's a guy or a girl? This is awesome. This is so stupid that I have to joke about it and kid about it because it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever that this is happening. And now this is 2022, but yet here we go. It's still happening here in the United States. They're still competing. So I got this article sent to me. I think to myself, okay, this has to be a good article now, but it's already expired as far as I'm concerned and what they're doing. So here's the sad part about all this stuff. If we continue to allow this world that's completely and totally tore apart by you know these weirdos, these Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan people that the Bible talks about being the synagogue of Satan, if we allow that to continue like it is right now, where will it stop? Oh, I thought that was a rhetorical question. So we're going to go ahead and answer that real quick. Where will it stop? It'll stop under a one-world religion, under Lucifer, with a guy bouncing out of the temple, a little flamboyant, supposed to be a gay Jew, bouncing out of the temple, probably going to be a tranny, pretend like he's a girl, you know, a little sissy voice, 
kind of like that, you know, when you watch that one show that used to come out, you know, with, with, the, with this, you know, the, with the, when they have that space thing with the Kurt Russell and, you know, Star, Stargate. That, then they had that kind of like a transgender guy who was in charge, kind of probably like that a little bit. Bible says he's going to be a, a gay Jew. And so also he pops out and he goes, oh, by the way, uh, I'm Lucifer's emissary or I'm Lucifer or whatever he's going to be. And he's going to be the reincarnation of whatever it's going to be, some doggone weird stuff. And we're going to have the Antichrist. And all of a sudden, all the people who believe that we're going to have a pre-trib rapture, which I hope they're right, by the way, uh, but we didn't have the pre-trib rapture, show up and this guy's here now under a one-world religion, under a one-world banking cartel. And like Austin said something a few minutes ago, and it's absolutely the truth, and I'm going to say it again. What are they doing now with the infrastructure? You know, they're building these cars that nobody wants with an infrastructure that can't handle it, almost as if there's another nefarious decision behind that in order to massively reduce the population, like the dealer report said, so that they don't have to worry about how many cars are going to be on the road at this point because three-quarters of the people on the planet are going to be gone, or 90% or 95%, so the existing infrastructure can handle it. I always wonder why these highways and these roads going from Orlando to Tampa to Daytona Beach on I-4 were made six-lane highways, three lanes on both sides, and they weren't made 12-lane superhighways when they were put into planning 20 years ago. Well, I always wonder why that happened and why they haven't decided to increase the infrastructure like they needed to unless they have projections that they know the infrastructure will be able to handle it and the amount of people will be able to handle it if they kill all the old people with COVID shots. You know, it, it, this stuff is so grim. I mean, I talked about this, you know, a couple of years ago we, when we were discussing all of this stuff. And, you know, I remember Austin says, man, that's a dark way of looking at this. But now here we are, two, three years later going, myocarditis, pericarditis, and all the rest. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you know, we have to realize that our responsibility now is to tell the world about Jesus. Our responsibility is to tell our children about Jesus. Our responsibility is to proclaim Jesus from the rooftops. This time is getting kind of short here, boys and girls. I just thought I'd mention that. Last night I was, I was speaking to a, a young lady, and, and she had some kids, and I was talking to her, and I said, you know, do you have your kids in church? She said, well, no, no I don't. And I said, and I said, how old are they? She, asked, she said, they're six and eight. I said, that's a great age, two boys. And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, did you go to church when you were a kid? She goes, well, yeah, I was part of the Greek Orthodox Church. I said, all right. She's from Moldova, close to uh, you know Ukraine. And I, and I said to her, I said, well, how did you go to church? Well, my grandmother took me. And I said, well, so you know who God is? Yes. You know who Jesus is? Yes. But you don't go to church and you don't teach your kids about it. Oh, we talk about God. And I said, let's have a little chit-chat. And so she got my version of what Christianity is that you guys get all the time. And so she goes, that makes sense. Why wasn't I told this? And I'm like, you don't understand. I said, if you don't understand who Jesus is and that he holds the universe together, then you're not going to get it. But that's who he is. And she starts saying, wow. And I looked at her. I said, now you need to take your kids to church. You need to teach your kids who Christ is because they're in that theta brainwave state right now. And they'll be accepting that. You let them go to 16 or 17 and you never talk to them about God and Christ. They won't have any idea how to accept Jesus. They won't, they won't have any belief structure for that. And she's got them in the public school system, which, of course, is secular. We all know that with what they teach with transgender. So that was, got, that was part of the discussion, too, last night. By the way, the WEF's World Economic Forum's deep involvement in the nefarious LGBTQ movement. Working together, restoring trust was the theme of the 52nd annual meeting of the World Economic Forum held in you know, last year. Ironically, during this meeting, GLAD CEO Sarah Kate Ellis verified WEF's deep involvement in a nefarious LGBT movement. Ellis is proud to be very part of the WEF's power 
of Media Task Force, which aims to build better operations and diversity throughout the United States and promote the LBGTQ movements. I'm not going to read any more of this because it nauseates me to the point of wanting to throw up. But here's the thing. Their God is a snake in a tree that's a transgender called Einstein. He's got his own Wikipedia page for those new listeners this morning. That's who they serve. And they want all of us either to be a tranny or to worship the tranny because they believe that if you're a homosexual or if you're a transgender, you're closer to God than a heterosexual would be. That's because they hate God, they hate his creation, and they want to destroy everything that God created to be good, to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. They want to have everybody believe the lie. For the light is coming to the world, but the world has preferred the darkness. And that's what this group capitalizes on all the time. Austin, what do you think, buddy, and what's your next story? You know, it's, it's funny. Can, is my mic doing better now? Can you hear me? It, it, uh, yes, your mic's doing much better. Thanks. Perfect. Yes. Um, one thing, you know, you mentioned earlier talking about the competing in sports and what a lot of this is doing, and this is why I think most people understand this now and they're starting to come to grips with this, is that this is primarily one agenda, and that's to flip everything that's good and make it bad and have mass confusion to the point where you essentially have every thought of every man is evil all the time. That's the concept of what they're trying to promote here. And that's why they're putting this. Can you mute your mic for me, bud? There's what they're doing is they're continually putting out this perversion. And honestly, a lot of it's just plain stupidity. I'm like, that's it. That's somebody's six foot four, shaves their face, you know, does, you know, 405 on clean and jerks. And they go, oh, yeah, by the way, he, he's going to compete with the, uh, the female powerlifting. You know, he's, he's going to make sure he goes in. He, it's, it's, it's a she, though. It's a she. It's, it's a she. He's going to compete with her. And he literally blows every single record out of the water and goes, yay, I won the female weightlifting competition. Everybody needs to look at me and say, hey, it's stupid. I mean, it's literally moronic to the highest degree. But that's the point. They want to bring this stuff and make it normalized. That's why they keep promoting it so much. I mean I saw an article here earlier that was talking about now how over in London there's a bunch of individuals who have been starting to protest in London. As they said, children as young as three years old now are being referred to Britain's socialized medicine, gender identity development service transgender clinic. Three years Oh, they said so far 382 children under the age of six have been referred to the Gender Identity Development Services in Tavistock and Portman Trust, known commonly as the National Health Service Transgender Clinic, over the past 10 years. The numbers published by the Daily Mail reveal how even the youngest children have been pushed into interacting with this controversial clinic, and the numbers are steadily rising. The clinic, which has no official age limit, has had 12 three-year-olds referred to it over the last few years. This is nuts. Sick this sick is sick. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this. I'm shaking my head as I'm reading it right now. Three years old. A lot of three-year-olds are still in diapers. They don't even can't even wipe their own butt. Excuse my language, but you, what the heck you're referring them to transgender clinics. This is utter perversion from the parental standpoint, period. In my opinion, any parent that starts doing stuff like this needs to basically have an investigation into child abuse, mental child abuse. This is bizarre, and the fact that this clinic actually sees it, they should also be charged criminally with this. This is about bringing in the younger generation and perverting every single thing that they know from the very beginning. That's why they're going after the kids now. I've said it, and I've said it again. Be so cautious of what your children are watching on TV, on the internet, on YouTube. All of it. Be cautious because so much of it now 
So much of it is designed to pervert these young children. I brought it up on the Hagman Report last week. If you guys remember, I talked about a uh, it's like a Nickelodeon TV show, and I forgot the name. I don't have the article in front of me. It just popped in my head, and it's geared specifically towards preschoolers. And the episode that they rolled out was basically this little boy that decided he wanted to start dancing like a girl. So he gets on a tutu and a little princess crown, a little princess shirt. And then he comes out in front of his two gay dads and basically is dancing. And they tell him he can be whatever he wants to be. This show is geared specifically for four and five-year-olds. And you wonder why you're seeing all these problems right now. It's a complete and total societal effort from the perverted individuals to push this agenda. So again, it's up to us to protect our children. Nobody's going to do it for us. If it is to be, it's up to us. Let's be real on that. The government's not going to do it, obviously. The schools are not going to do it. The media's not going to do it. They're all going to do whatever they can to pervert the generation. Somebody sent me a quote earlier last night. I was reading an email. It's from Ludwig von Miles. And he said, and this is the quote from this interesting quote. He said, the worship of the state is the worship of force. There's no more dangerous menace to civilization than a government of incompetent, corrupt, and vile men. The worst evils which mankind has ever had to endure were inflicted by bad governments. The state can be and has often been in the course of history the main source of mischief and disaster. And he's spot on with that. You look back and you look at what they're doing and you look at what they've been doing in the federal government and what they've been promoting with these agendas and what they've been funding and what they've been just continually pushing – They are. They're the main source of mischief on a regular basis. No question about it. And so that's why you really got to question everything when you start having individuals in a level of government authority start telling you this is what you have to know. This is what you have to think. This is what you have to say. This is how you have to act because 99.99% chance it's wrong what they're saying. Prime example, COVID and that disaster that was with what they started doing to everyone. And I remember I told everybody from the very beginning when the CDC came out, we're mandating masks. Everybody else wear a mask. And you go places, people go, what's a CDC mandate? And I'm going, what's what's that mean? What's, <laughs> what's a CDC mandate? What's mandated by the CDC? And, and your point being, you're just going to follow what they say because they said do it. They, what did they tell you before we made the joke? said, what if they told everybody that COVID couldn't go below three feet on the ground? And then you had to get on your belly and slither like a snake when you went to Costco because if you got on the ground, COVID couldn't get you there. You would see individuals on the ground like a snake crawling because they didn't want to go up three feet in the air because of COVID. Guarantee you'd see people do it because that's how mind-controlled some people are now. And that's one of the reasons why you got to turn off the television. The, mind, the TV is one of the most effective mind control devices ever in existence so i don't watch it very often well i watch a specific movie or something a specific show but i always try to keep a very broad spectrum mindset when i'm watching it as far as looking at things and watching things and understanding what they're doing that's why i said i don't recommend that movie leave the world behind unless you really understand what you're watching there's a lot of really weird stuff in it a lot of really weird symbolism a lot of really underlying stuff it's so why i even fast forwarded part was i just wanted to see the basis of it and so, again, be very cautious of that. That's why, like, mainstream media, I don't touch it. I don't watch it. I look at articles. I pull up news stories. I do research because that's CNN, I mean, they're one of the most effective propaganda tools we've ever witnessed in modern society on brain and training the population. Just thought I would throw that out there. Also, to in other news, that was interesting. I was looking at the aspect of what they're talking about now with the banks. They're saying now that the banks 
have terminated over 60,000 jobs in 2023, a move to protect profit margins in a period of high interest rates. They're saying now this compared to around 140,000 job cuts in banks during the 07-08 crash. So it's still nowhere near to the extent of basically uh, job cuts as it was in 07-08. However, we're definitely seeing a crunch with the interest rates raising so high and monitoring things as we're seeing happen right now. And it was, uh, I watched this, I read, read this article earlier and it was talking about the global debt and how this is not even anywhere near sustainable now what it started to reach. It has said now, according to the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, Global government debt will hit $97 trillion in 2023. This represents a 40% increase since 2019. 40% increase just in the last four years. It's exactly what Dad said earlier with the COVID spending. All COVID was was a massive transfer of wealth from the banking cartel. You watched them do it, and they gave everybody crumbs to keep them distracted with their little, little stimmy checks. So you can give a $600 stimulus check while the banker boys are going, bro, transfer me another $4.5 billion. Yeah, give me another $50 billion. Hey, well, you know, round it up to a flat $100 billion. Just transfer me that. I need some more COVID money over here. You know what? $100 billion. What am I saying? Give me a trillion. Just, just break off a trillion real quick. Oh, oh, by the way, peasant, here's a $600 check. Be happy. Go, go pay some bills with that. And then they turned around and made everybody unbelievably lazy when they started doing their entire program as far as their federally funded unemployment system. Where I mean, I remember talking to people that were involved in some of the stuff with that. And I mean, there were individuals that all of a sudden went from barely paying their bills to all of a sudden not having to work and making four or $5,000 a month tax-free with unemployment and stimmy checks and all these other COVID relief things. Four or $5,000 a month by themselves doing nothing. And then they were able to defer their mortgages and rent and defer all these payments and credit cards and everything stopped. And so that's why you saw an explosion of prices and a aspect of alleged prosperity in 2021 because stuff was raising so fast. I mean, I'm, I'm just watching the vehicle market and it was crazy because some of these cars, especially like higher end cars, I mean, you saw them going up ten, twenty thousand dollars in price a month and selling for it. I mean, there were vehicles at some point, some of the exotic world, they were going for a hundred thousand dollars over sticker, one even rare cars. Because everybody was in the, you know, basically fear of missing out, and there was so much money out in the system, everybody was just spending money like water. Now all that stopped now. It was crazy. I was reading this article here and it said by twenty twenty eight the IMF projects that the global public debt will exceed 100% of global GDP. 100% of global GDP, they're expecting global debt to hit by 2028. Let me know how sustainable you think that is from an economy standpoint. They said the U.S. national debt makes up 32% of the total government debt now globally. So – Lest you think this monetary system and this little <laughs> walk around the room is uh, you know, going to keep going on, it's not. And that's what's happening right now. This is why I've told everybody it's very, very important to make sure you have whatever backup supplies you need because once they pull the trigger on this, there's going to be a reset that we've never witnessed in our lifetime with the monetary system. It's just a fact of life. So be prepared and have a hedge for it. Also, to another news, this is interesting. I saw an article here earlier that was talking about the normalization of surveillance from a young age now. And it says more schools are starting to use facial recognition and AI technologies 
to monitor kids, and this goes right back to the public indoctrination camps that I've warned everybody about. They said parents and students are increasingly concerned, according to a survey for the Center for Democracy and Technology. The report released December 12th found over 50% of parents and students surveyed, they were extremely concerned about the use of facial recognition and AI technologies, including location tracking systems in school. And this is interesting. I saw this, this thing here now when they were talking about it. They're saying now that in a lot of these schools, they're actually using AI artificial software with facial recognition technology to record every child's face when they come into school to essentially monitor whether they're absent or not when they come in. The problem with this technology is where are the I, where where is the information being stored on these miners? Where is it being sent off to? Is it being sent to third parties? Is it being stored indefinitely? Nobody's making a clear, concise statement on this. Then there's other aspects where they're saying they're actually putting cameras in classrooms now to record children and actually see if they can monitor for children for cheating, for using their phones when they're not allowed, and all types of other surveillance aspects. This, again, goes right back to what I've talked about with indoctrinating young children and conditioning them to think they essentially it's normal to live in a prison state. This is why I've said before, hospitals, prisons, and schools are all laid out the exact same way, just with different equipment, the, all the exact same platforms. They keep people in that singular mindset. They keep people in that aspect where the state is all-knowing, the state is all-powerful. Follow what we tell you to do. Do not ask questions. Do not do anything other than what we say. And this is the concept that's being drilled into children's heads now, which is a very, very dangerous one, my friends, because once you start having the children be completely indoctrinated, which we've already seen, now in the millennial generation to some extent and then in the gen z very significant extent and this next generation oh boy we got our hands full with it that's why i've continually talked to parents and friends and teachers and told them to encourage one another make sure you're raising your children and really being cautious of what they're being exposed to because these this experimental harmful alleged safety tools this technology is not there for the safety of the kids with this ai facial recognition let's just be real on that remember what i just made the comment earlier with the quote when you have the government coming in and essentially controlling everything the government has had committed the most evils against mankind has ever been endured and afflicted so when you start having the government come in and say hey we're here to protect you we're here to help your children be safe we're putting ai software and facial recognition in every class classroom that's when you need to start asking yourself do i really want my kids in the school just thought i would throw that out there also too other article i'm talking about more issues with the covid shot that's rolling out data from the country's health insurance database three universities in south korea have revealed that the fully vaccinated are having much worse off health-wise than the unvaccinated one study they put together looks specifically it's skeletal disorders like injuries or disorders of the muscles, nerves, tendons, joint, cartilage, and spinal disc. And they said the COVID-19 vaccine the researchers found are directly linked as a significant risk for every kind of inflammation skeletal disorder. Every kind had a significant risk in increasing inflammation. And this is why I've talked so much in detail about why it's so important to maintain the body and detox the body and reduce inflammation in the body. Inflammation is a very, very bad indicator in the body that there's something wrong going. You've got sore joints, sore knees, sore back, sore muscles, you're achy all the time. You've got significant inflammation going on. It's time to detox the body. And what's crazy about this is when you start doing your research, you'll find it's not that hard. 
turmeric force like we have. That is one of the most effective anti-inflammatory supplements I've ever seen. That product's incredible. I know a lot of people that have vouched better for that product than even ibuprofen. Obviously, it's much, much healthier, and it's got all types of other health benefits to it. That's why we put high-dose turmeric in the GHI cleanse as well. That product right there is incredible. That's why we have it on the Chris Hodges uh, New Year's Fast, the seven-day fast. Because what happens is when you let your body relax and you get the toxins out of your body and you get the inflammation out of your body, you'll be shocked on how much better you feel, how much better your brain works, how much better your muscles work, how much more energy you have, how much more focus you have. And so, again, this is something where you start seeing these things and you start seeing these problems after the shot. Do the best you can to mitigate it if you did happen to get it by reducing inflammation in the body and getting the toxins out. That's why I like the product with the Spike Protein Survival Kit has yep. been so effective because you've got to get the toxins out of your body and reduce the inflammation. Anything else you want to add on that, Deb? Uh, yeah, I do, Austin. Thanks. Um, there's another article that came out, and it says families that inject COVID-19 mRNA vaccines together have heart attacks together, blood clots together, develop triple cancers to get, to get to get together, and die suddenly together. Uh, you know, I this uh, let me just uh, on December fourth, just a few days ago, a 36-year-old film star died suddenly on December the fourth, two weeks earlier. Her husband, you know, basically a professional soccer player Oliver Spedding, died suddenly on November the 17th. I mean, they're both dying together. And it says on November the 26th, 2023, two sisters diagnosed with the same cancer, osteosarcoma. They had a genetic mutation, P53, but does that place them both at higher risk of developing COVID-19-induced turbo cancers? Should these people with these genetic susceptibilities have avoided the mRNA shots? The answer is yes. On November the 18th, a few weeks ago, five siblings died. 48-year-old Christine Christy Brandt died suddenly, and all five siblings are dead. Sisters, Pam, and they list them all, all died. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what to say. You know, on, on October the 1st, a 57-year-old Red Sox baseball pitcher, Tim, uh, died on October the 1st. He was reported he had aggressive brain cancer, and his wife also has aggressive pancreatic cancer. And one of the things that a lot of these people have, apparently, is they've and I'm saying that, I'm speculating on that, that they've all been vaccinated. Some of that information is not going to be readily available, but I find it odd that this is happening. I have another friend of mine who, uh, who basically had been diagnosed with cancer, had gone through treatment protocols, had, come back, had gotten rid of the cancer, and then took four or five of the COVID shots. And uh, now she's got cancer back again. And she said that she doesn't know what to do because she's exhausted all of her treatment options and that she's actually preparing to die. I mean, guys, Austin's right. If if you had to be forced to take that shot, okay, you got to mitigate it. You're gonna have to do the N-acetylcysteine. You're gonna have to do the, you know, the, the, the all the, all the rest of the stuff we have in the spike protein survival kit. Just do it. Just just remember that. You know, you you can't be taking this stuff, you know, lightly. You know, you've got to get something. These proteolytic enzymes get into your gut, and they stop this stuff from replicating in your body. It's really important that you do that. And I just wanted to share that with you guys because it's so important to understand that this is a mess. Families that take the COVID shot together die together. I don't even know what to say. And again, none of this stuff comes out of the mainstream media. They don't want. To, they don't want to talk about this because it's not something they want to share with you because they don't want to make you believe that you know you made a mistake if you did this, and they don't want to make you believe that the government has done this to you. With genocide, we plan the extermination of the human species, you know, via vaccines. You know, Bill Gates said they could reduce the population by using vaccines. I guess 
they're all going to listen to that weirdo. By the way, I found this article. I finally pulled back up. It wasn't on charisma. I'm going to pull it up again, though, on this. The beginning of all things point to Jesus. The truth emanates from Jesus. Human history will be consummated in Jesus. Paul the Apostle speaks out about all things in heaven and earth, ultimately being united in Christ. Ephesians 19, 1, verses 9 through 11. The marriage speaks of Jesus and the church. In Ephesians and Corinthians and in Revelation. And every person's story points to Jesus. According to Genesis 1.27, all people are the image bearers of God. According to Colossians 1.15, Jesus is the image of God. And also in Roman, in, uh, in Hebrews, it says the exact image of God Almighty. All scripture ultimately points to Jesus. In Luke 24, 44 to 45, we said the disciples could only, be compre- could only comprehend the scriptures once they understood them in the light of Jesus. Consequently, proper biblical interpretation must begin and end with the story of Jesus. That the story of the Israel is fulfilled with Jesus as the Messiah. Fulfilled, I'll add that again. All natural light points to Jesus. Jesus said he was the light of the world, the consummation of human history. We will no longer need the light of the sun or the moon because the light of Jesus will be our light. All natural knowledge, and I covered that, by the way, if you remember, in Angel Wars. All natural knowledge for logic and rational thinking comes from Jesus. The essence of the church should constitute a Jesus community. The word Christian means little Christ. This is a category used by Apostle Peter to describe Christ's followers. 1 Peter 4, 16, the book of Acts 1, 1 shows that the gospel of Luke was a narrative regarding what Jesus began to do. This implies that the church's narrative is what Jesus continues to do in the world. And this is what we've stopped doing. We have stopped continuing to do what Christ called us to do, and we've stepped back. Now, Ted Nelson Brower show, we don't do that. You know, we don't do that. We always put stuff in about Jesus. We always give you words to Scripture. We always try to build your faith because we are not going to stop that. We're not going to stop talking about Christ ever, 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 because I understand the importance of that. I really, really do. And by the way, you know, be really careful <laughs> if you live in an area where there's a lot of automobile accidents. A Texas family wakes at 3 a.m. to find a drunk driver passed out in a bedroom and a mangled BMW in front of the yard with a dead female passenger inside. The vehicle went airborne at a high speed before the horrific crash. That's crazy. I remember one time we lived on the highway on Highway 92 when I was a kid. And also I heard a horrific boom. And I saw, and we and we got up and there was a semi-truck. A guy had fallen asleep or whatever, and he had locked his brakes up. And it had dug a big trench coming in right up to our house. And it basically was within six feet of the house. And it was, the hole was like five feet deep where he had dug a hole with his front tires locked up and turned, trying not to hit the house. And it was crazy. It didn't hit the house by the grace of God. And I thought to myself, wow, I think it would have gone right through the house because it's a wooden frame house. So be careful if you live in an area with a lot of accidents and stuff like that. And be careful when you're driving, especially now that I'm bringing this up for New Year's Eve. Let me say something to you, just kind of be just blunt. Don't go out drinking on New Year's Eve. Don't get out of the highway to do that. Stay off the road. Don't don't do it. Just just you know you know watch the thing on TV a little bit or whatever you want to do or just sit there with your wife. And Sharon and I used to just go to bed at ten o'clock like we always did. It never was no big deal. A new year to us was no big deal because this is the same day that the Lord hath made and we shall be rejoicing and glad at it anyhow. So don't get out there on the highway and get yourself in a mess driving around with a bunch of drunks. Really 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 important. Just just I pray for you guys all the time. That's some of my that's some of my just personal advice to you as your family. Just, just stay at home. <laughs> just don't do that. Or if you're going to go out, go out at 6 o'clock and be home by 7 or 8 o'clock, whatever you want to do. But remember, we are here to bring honor and glory to God. The Bible says that you know to serve God, to obey his commandments is the sole duty of man in the Old Testament. And our commandment now in the New Testament 
is to go and do likewise and teach people who Jesus are, who Jesus is. And we need to understand that. So always remember that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And this is the day the Lord hath made. And we will rejoice and we will be glad. And we will stand our ground, like it says in Ephesians. I love you guys. Austin, finish it up and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Yes, also, too, in other news, this is interesting. The Supreme Court has now wiped out three different rulings rejecting federal COVID vaccine mandates, meaning they've actually ruled in favor of these mandates, or basically they were split in the middle. And so it's, it's basically been sent back to the lower courts. It says the U.S. Supreme Court vacated the rulings in three lower court cases that have challenged the Biden administration's federal COVID-19 vaccine mandate. So the decision by the nation's highest court to grant the administration request to set aside the previous judicial rulings rejected federal COVID mandate erases the legal precedent set by the lower courts. So essentially what they're saying is now the appellate courts were split in their decisions about the vaccine mandate with those challenging the federal vaccine mandate succeeding in some cases. The Supreme Court majority instructed the lower court to dismiss the case as moot after the vaccine mandates were ascended. By wiping out the historical record, the Supreme Court has ensured that any legal challenges to future vaccine mandates will be cases of first impression without precedent now. What this basically means is those rulings that came across and essentially the Supreme Court didn't hear them or they didn't, they didn't basically listen to them, but the other lower court cases had put it in place. They essentially are now saying that everything's just wiped out. It's moved now. Just every precedent is now dissolved. I don't know why they did this. Again, yeah, it's something this is more of an attorney question. I probably didn't bring Harrison on the show. In my opinion, though, what I think they're doing with this is they're dissolving any of these precedences so they can push something again next time. It'll basically be starting over because remember there are a lot of lower courts that basically said all this stuff is illegal. Every single thing that they did with vaccine mandates is illegal. And I fully agree with that. There was no constitutional basis, especially from a human rights standpoint, from all the different things in the past that we've learned about, there's no legitimate reason that you can come in and say, somebody has to take an experimental shot because I deem it so Nobody has that right to force you into a medical injection or a medical operation against your will or essentially you're not going to be able to live freely. That's why they started doing it on the back end, and they started doing the thing with OSHA to try to come in and say, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. OSHA is going to come in now and find companies that don't force their employees to get the shot. It was such a perverted workaround to try to get that through. And they went from like some obscure 1984 OSHA law about safety in the workplace. And what's crazy about it was the shot wasn't safe. It wasn't effective. And the kicker of it was it didn't stop transmission and it didn't stop people from getting it. And it didn't protect you from it. There was no useful purpose to the shot, even with the lies when they came out. And now, like we just talked about, with more and more research coming out now, it's much, much more as far as problems and health problems. I saw another article here earlier that says researchers were looking at data from 4.2 million people to determine that post-jab abnormalities include decreased production of red and white blood cell counts, which as well as damage to bone marrow. I, I mean, it's literally, I mean, I do, I do research every day. I read so much that it's almost every single week. There's another research article coming out now discussing the dangers and the health problems that they've seen now with the COVID shot. And what's crazy to me is that would have all come out 
had the shot actually been rolled out properly, not illegally, on Donald Trump's Operation Warp Speed, where they rolled this thing out for a few test subjects, complete botched theater research, by the way, with Pfizer, rolled it out after two months, three months, came in and said, it's safe and effective. Oh, and by the way, we'll let you guys look at the documentation we submitted to the FDA, you know, in a couple of years. I mean, think about it for a second. They rolled that shot out knowing the dangers of it in December 2020 from Pfizer, Operation Warp Speed. The final files from what the FDA got from Pfizer's we just talked about last week, week and a half ago, I did a whole show on it, just came out finally. The final documentations came out from the research that they submitted to the FDA on the Pfizer shot, and we now know it's completely and totally botched. It's December 2023, three Years later, we finally get the final documents of what Pfizer's research showed during the shot production. Think about how obscure and convoluted that is, yet they told it was safe and effective. So again, question everything you hear when it comes from the media or the government. Don't believe anything you hear and definitely don't believe anything they say. Just continue to get the truth out there, my friends. Keep your immune system strong and healthy. If you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com, the vitamin C formula. It'll be changing up here shortly as product of the week on sale. If you guys need anything else, be sure to check out all the different specials we have on the website along with different kits, including the Spike Protein Survival Kit and also the Maximum Energy Kit, which is on the front page right now, which is a great kit to really help out with energy, focus, adrenal fatigue, and keep your body running strong every single day. So you guys have a blessed, safe Awesome evening, my friends. Stay strong and healthy as always, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.